with my soda can. Call it out for you again. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, a full spoiler reread podcast about George R. R. Martin's The Song of Ice and Fire series. We are beginning with A Game of Thrones, reading lots of chapters. I'm Nate. My co-host over here is my brother. This is Zach. Hail, adventurer. You turn into a wizened old mage. I did. That's pretty cool. So, co-hosting today is a wizened old mage known as Zach. What up? <laughs> So today we'll be reading John 4, but we do have a little bit of stuff to discuss beforehand. I guess, sure. Whoa, We're right in there, the man. thick of it. As of recording this, as we know, we tend to record things a little bit earlier than we release them. Surprise, surprise, that's how time works. And so, <laughs> as of recording this, we're right in the thick of things. Things are really exciting. I kicked the table. It's the usual episode kick. So, yeah, we're at, you know, our... our Episodes have released a while ago now, but we're currently at season three or season eight. Episode three is the most we got recent in a episode time we've machine watched in and the we show. went back and we're just catching the premiere of, of season, season three. three. It's pretty cool. It's you dope. Join us. You guys should watch it. Just fucking shut up! I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Yeah, as of recording <laughs> this, season eight, episode three just aired. The long night, and. Uh, it's getting a lot of hate, but, you know... I'm you just, already know what our feelings are yeah, about it from like, our episode and all that, but we, uh... It's so good right now. Yeah, it's, it's great. Just, it's really keeping the fandom going crazy right now, the whole series. So, hopefully, now that... Uh, I think by this time, it's, uh... The season's already... The series is already over. Oh, yeah, about, yeah. It has been by the time you guys that. are hearing this. And so, hopefully... You know, for those people that are always, have been with us for a while, thanks for coming back, but... You know, I feel like a lot of newer listeners might have joined us now that the show has ended. Indeed, if you come from the show. Welcome, welcome welcome to that which you probably didn't actually mean to join. It was all accidental, and now you're stuck. Well, in your accidental stumblings, uh, you can hear from someone who's not us who had something to say about the show. Funny enough, the uh, email was called Random and Bumbling Thoughts from a Fan. Hey. So, you know... It's okay that I'm random and bumbling right now, because it's been a long week, yo. So, this is going to be, we want to read out an email for, you know, anybody that wants to write into us, please do. We always like to have the inductees, um, and so we're definitely always looking for those write-ins. So, this person wrote in, just, should I read, am I reading the whole email here, or should I, should I give them the... Just the gist of things here. Yeah, just give them the gist. gist. So, first of all, big shout out to Gigi. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thank you, Gigi, for writing, writing to us. Uh, we appreciate it. And so, the main thing I took from the email here is that, and I, I replied to her, but she pointed out that a few, quite a few episodes back, I think, at this point, but I don't actually remember exactly what episode it was. I had referred to Arya as a Gryffindor. Shame on me. I think that she, because Gigi, you know, definitely said she's sly and resourceful. She's a Slytherin. Her entire motivation to be a badass spawns from vengeful means, not because of brave, heroic intentions. And so while I think, to an extent, that's true, but I definitely feel as though she 
she encompasses the Slytherin better than yeah, the yeah, Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Because um, she, she does, you know, she's very loyal to her, her family, to her pack, her group, which is a Slytherin quality. She's not boastful or prideful about it, which is much more Gryffindor quality. So, you're right. I stand corrected, Gigi. Um, otherwise, there was just some stuff about the, the that episode from a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it took fo- so long for us to respond uh, on episode, but again, we we pre-record a lot of stuff, so you know. What can you do? Hopefully, you're still listening at this point, but you know, we're also looking forward to those books coming out in another ten years to answer the questions that we're interested in. But again, thank you so much, Gigi, for yeah, writing thanks, in. Yeah, thanks, Gigi. We appreciate it. And. Uh, Hit me up again. I appreciate. I enjoy those little, those little fan, right back and forth. So those are cool. So we are again reading John four today. Yeah. We, so if you joined us last week, we were reading Ned five. Ned was greeting. Um, not greeting. He was meeting Grand uh, Grandmaster Pycel and discussing the circumstances of John Aaron's death, the illness, and the, the last cause. visit uh, with Pycel that John Aaron had. You know. So he about was, the book. Yeah. So, and then on his way back, Ned ran into Arya doing her best water dancer impression. And then Ned returned to his solar and was told that Littlefinger wanted to meet him. So he went and met Littlefinger and Littlefinger sort of pointed out that, hey, there's a spy and here's a spy and you don't really know what's going on. But you should send someone to talk to John Aaron's squire, Sir Hugh of the Vale, and kind of get the lowdown there. And we were left with Ned not really trusting anything around him. But Except Littlefinger. Saying he trusted Littlefinger. Fool. And so, yeah, now we pick up with Ned's bastard son, John, at the wall. And John is currently showing Darian how to deliver a side stroke in the training yard. Katink, katink. Yeah. And this is when he notices Somebody that a new brings recruit, it to his attention. A they new call recruit it out. has entered the yard. It's, uh, was it, was it um, Gren who pointed out? That hey John, uh, did you did you just see what walked into the the training yard here? Uh, maybe it was Pip actually. It was Darren. Oh, it was Darren who actually seven got gods? Would you look at this, John? As he points out, Samuel Tarley, as we don't quite Born, get his name yeah. yet, but John through the eye slits of his helm, John sees the fattest boy he had ever seen. By the look of him, he must have weighed about 20 stone. Which So, I'm for those who don't know, a stone is about 14 pounds. Hey. So, he looks like he's about 280 pounds, almost 300 pounds. Okay. Which, I mean, that's a, that's a big dude. Uh, I don't... It's pretty unfortunate that in today's day and age, that 280 pounds, while it's big, isn't exactly the fattest person I've ever seen by any stretch of the matter. For so. his age, I'm assuming. I, I, 14, I do. Well, he's like 16 or 17, isn't he now? Is he? I think he was a bit older because it was like his 15th he might be a little day older or something. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. But it says the fur collar of his embroidered surcoat was lost beneath the chins <laughs> under his face. And he says that they had told me I was to come here for training. And he kind of just says this out loud air, yeah. to no one in particular. And Pip points out that he's a lordling, probably from somewhere near around Hardgarden. Yeah, Pip has the the uncanny abilities to kind of just pick up on wherever somebody's yeah, accent is Yeah, he traveled from, uh, with some mummers. So, yeah, so he, he picks up, up on some ability. things, which is pretty cool. And John notices that there's a striding huntsman worked in scarlet 
thread on the breast of the fat boy Serco. Which we'll get more information on the Tarly sigil here in Chad a little bit. Chad doesn't recognize yeah, he's it. he's not here. aware of it at the moment. So Alistair Thorne looks over at this new recruit. And, and he comes down hard. Seems they've the run point. out of poachers and thieves down south. Now they send us so pigs So I, I did want to point out um, when... Uh, Pip was talking about where Samwell's from. He mentions, you know, so- down south somewhere near High Garden. Yeah. Hornhill is like just south of High Garden. Yeah. So like Pip fucking nailed it. Of course by he the did. way, just Pip. so we're like right fucking there on the on the dot practically. So um, Sir Alistair's not too pleased seeing this this fat boy that he now has to train. And John says that or thinks that the new recruit had brought his own armor, uh, sword and uh, sword yeah, and, and this shield, is fucked, yo. And so all sorts of armor, but Thorn none of it. won't let him use his own armor because it's not black. Fucking dye it black. Paint it black. Like, you're really going to force him to squeeze his freaking sausage fingers into these pieces that I, are welded together I and actually, stuff? Di- like, I disagree with you here. Like, it's got his sigils and shit on it. Rip them off. Rip them off of like enameled armor. Fuck yeah, like chuck. chuck I mean, that shit down. give the like, steel to Donald Noy and let him make something of it. Well, like, just weld it down to nothing. Give it to the sigils. Paint it black. You know. Well, like. I I get it because it's it, it sort of reminds me of way more Royce. Like you know, he showed up with a bunch of his shit sigiled and everything, and but he had the nice embroidered black stuff too. Well, yeah, so, his was all black. Like so I think Sam's is a little flashy. Anyway, Sir Alistair tells him to go re-equip himself from the armory, which takes half the morning because Donald Noy has to modify breastplates, stretch them out, combine them to dress Sam. He's a big dude. So when he's finally armored, Sam ends up looking more like an overcooked sausage about to burst its skin. Yeah, it's fucked, man. Yeah. So Sir Alistair tells Halder to see what Sir Piggy can do. And the fight lasts less than a minute before Sam is on the ground. Uh, he was shaking. And I, I'm surprised it lasted that long. Oh, yeah. And blood is leaking through the uh, his shattered helm and through his fingers as he lays collapsed on the ground. Apparently, he took a nice, good, hearty fucking sword bash right to the helmet. There, yeah, so, so he's screaming out, I yield, I yield, no more. Yo, but Alistair's like, yo, fuck that. Hit him harder. Yeah, like, get, Rast, I know he said, get on your feet. Rast right? and some of the other boys are laughing, and yeah, Sir Alistair orders him to his feet. And when Sam is still clinging to the ground, Alistair gestures to Halder and tells him to hit him with the flat of your blade until he finds his feet. And so Halder does just a, a light little tap, and Thorn tells him that you, you definitely can hit harder than that. And Halder grips his sword with both hands and whaps down on him, and this time the blow splits the leather along his ass. Even with just the flat of the blade, that's how hard he ends up hitting him. So Sam is screaming, this recruit is screaming. John steps forward, but Pip grabs yeah, his Pip arm to him, stop Pip him. Pulls him back, and and so uh, the the fat boy struggles to rise, and he slips in the mud. Yeah, and he man, Alistair starts talking mad shit. Like, God, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, Sir Piggy's starting to grasp the notion again. He tells him to hit him. Yeah, so John this time ignores Pip, and he strides forward, and he's like, "Yo, Halder." Fucking chill, man. Well, like, we really get here this sort of division in the Night's Watch because Rass the whole time is, is, is laughing yeah. and cut us off some ham and all this shit. So we have get John's side with, like, Pip and John who yeah. really aren't enjoying this and want to stop it. And then we get Rass who's just loving it. But you're right. Yeah, John calls out all their Rass is basically fucking Draco Malfoy to goddamn Umbridge Alice or Thorne there. Yeah. Like, 
just this little fanboy who's wanting to do whatever well, he can actually, to take play, I, yeah, part, pleasure I just, in the torture. I don't think. I think it works on Wrath's end. I don't think that analogy really works from Thorn. No, he's I definitely not. Thorn no, 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 flying no. Fuck no. about Wrath. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jon Snow calls out Halder enough, and Halder looks up to Thorn as he is the commander there, and Thorn kind of laughs and says, "The bastard speaks, and the peasants tremble." I am master at arms here, Lord Snow. Need I remind you? But John ignores him and just tells Halder, look at him. He yielded. There's no honor in beating a yeah. fallen foe. And so John goes and kneels down beside the, the boy, and Sir Alistair is just staring yeah. daggers just at John. All, all fucking And of course, Alistair, our bastard's in love. And so he tells him, show me your steel, Lord Snow. So John helps the boy to his feet and draws his longsword. And it says he was willing to push Sir Alistair, but only so far, and he feels like he's already pushed further than he yeah, would so be willing. Sir Alistair then decides that he's going to pit John against the boys because they need to go get Sir Piggy, and they need to get through John. To yeah, John they'll make an exercise of it. So he tells Rast and Albert to, to join, join Halder. Halder. Yeah. And he says... Uh, yeah, make, John, make Lord yeah. Piggy squeal. Just get past the bastard. And John says he's he's used to two versus one. He's used to two of the guys coming at him at a time because Thorn does that to him all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Which you know it's kind of necessary for John. Technically, none of them really one on one are quite three v one. Is, is going to be a different story. Yeah, John so, is expecting to go to sleep tonight, bloody and bruised and beat up. Yeah, so he tells Sam to stand behind him, and the odds begin to turn. Little little Pip stands up behind John too. Drawing his sword before John can even say a word, I kick the table again. God, and then, stop! Like every can you not? Well, that was two table kicks and two on John's squad, and True then story. we'll make a third. There's the table kick, and Gren steps up. Whoa! What kind of power is this you wield to make it a third? <laughs> and uh, the yard goes deathly quiet at this. And Sir Alistair, I think he's actually sort of amused. He's, he asks him, "What are you waiting for?" So and, I love this because this is one of our first really good little fight skirmish yeah. scenes, and it's kind of badass. So Thorne asks that to Rast, but it's John who moves first, and Halder barely gets his sword up in time before John is just driving him just back. Driving and him. John has time to think, know your foe is what Sir Roderick had always taught him, and he knew that Halder was strong but short on patience, and you could frustrate him and get him to leave himself open. Yeah. And so John goes right in, knocks Halder right on his ass, and goes to move. And, and so this is cool because he immediately has the thought process of, you know, Gren is – he's kind of holding his own. He's good. Oh, Pip needs more help. Yeah. And so he goes and helps Pip first. Yeah. Against Rast. Yeah. So he slams uh, Rast in the helm yeah, with his sword. Dink. And Pip is unable to get him down on the ground. And so facing two swords, Albert backs away yielding. And Sir Alistair is not pleased with Because just... especially how fast they were yeah, just like, doom, 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 yeah. done. And so he looks around with disgust, and he calls an end to the session, and saying there's only so much he can stomach in a day. So Halder rips off his helm and tells John, "I thought I finally had you." And so I really like that once Thorn stalks away, and like the the he he got this like Halder's not a bad dude, right? Thorn he Halder was more excited that like he had put pit up against pitted up against John, against John, and like yeah. and even John's like you, for a second there you you did it, yeah. me. like it was. And he tries to take off his helm, but the sh- uh, pain in his shoulder from a wound he had taken from Halder made it actually hard to get it off. So he grits it. He 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 just kind of gives up. And then he hears "Let me!" and these thick fingered hands gently <laughs> remove John's helmet. 
and it says that blood matted the fat boy's head where Halder had split his helm, and he introduces himself. My name is Samuel Tarley, and I am, well, I was, of Horn Hill. And he says, I'm Jon Snow. And then Sam says, if, if you want, you can call me Sam. And John does the introductions. These two are Gren and Pipar. Pipar, Pipar, Papa. Pipar. And uh, Sam says, my thanks to all of you. And so Gren, sort of the simple one of the group, asks, why didn't you get up and fight? And this is when Sam admi- uh, uh, admits. He looks to the ground and he says, I fear I'm a coward. I'm a bitch. I like to run away from stuff. <laughs> and they're all stunned by this. What sort of man admits that he's a coward? In this world, that's just... Yeah, it's crazy to be a it's, self-proclaimed yeah. coward. To be like, yeah, no, you know, the the worst thing you could possibly be is, you know, yellow. And that's me. I'm uh, I'm mid-age craven, coward. yeah. So it says Sam must have read their thoughts because he apologizes and he says that I don't mean to be like I am and he starts heading toward the armory. But John calls to him, tomorrow you'll do better. And his eyes well up <laughs> and he says, no, I won't. Pictured was fucking Alan Rickman's voice as uh, the robot, the, the robot in from Hitchhiker's Guide Hitchhiker's, to the Galaxy. Yeah, no. that's great. It will, and that's he just walks no, away. I, the way he just, I never do it better. Was, I'll never win. So granted, <laughs> uh, Grant, again, the simple one, is worried about being seen as a coward because they associated yeah, with guilty him. Guilty by association. All Pip tells shit. him he's too stupid, and they're arguing, and John heads off to the armory. Yeah, he's used to their bickering. And he hangs so up his sword, he, and he's stripping off his armor, and he thinks about how life at Castle Black follows a routine. Mornings are for swordplay, afternoons are for the work. New recruits usually are set to a ton of different tasks yeah. throughout the, the castle to see where their skills So lay. this is kind of how it was for me in high school back a few years ago. Diddy bopping around like vocations Yeah, you get the vocations, you get the different, you know, Mm -hmm. shop class and carpentry class and fucking all those different things and then you go to each one for so many days or weeks and then you pick one at the end or, you know, in this case, you're given, assigned to one. And so it says that John saw favorite thing, favorite job to do was hunting game for the Lord Commander's Supper with ghosts. But for every day he spent hunting with ghosts, he spent 10 in the armory helping Donald Noy or running messages or standing at guard or helping Eamon with the birds or Bowen Marsh with counts and inventories. So he's getting this wide span, not really of training, but more of just like, are you good at this training? Yeah, it's basically you... the, what is it, the MCAS or whatever testing that they used to do to... That's uh, Massachusetts. Like... Oh, right. No, what is it? The Grand Pacer Fitness Test is <laughs> a multi-stage. <laughs> no, because it would be the SATs and the the fucking. What were those other ones that you could do? Yeah, no, the. Uh, it might be like a named after the military kind of testing or some shit, but it was. I don't, I don't fucking, fucking know, know, dude. I don't know, man. It's it's tests, and I feel like uh, vocational classes might have aged us. I don't know if some of our younger listeners would even know what a vocational class is. Do they have those in schools these days? We're going to change the fucking topic yeah, right now. We're done. So this afternoon, John's job was to scatter <laughs> gravel. Because that's so much more exciting. Dropping rocks on ice. I'd rather hear about <laughs> that than contemplate my aging self. True story, I suppose. And so John, yeah, has to scatter gravel over the tops of the footpaths on the wall. Yeah, he's just kind of thinking about Tyrion and Sam. It's lonely, boring work, but John doesn't really mind it. And yeah, he finds himself sort of daydreaming. And yeah, he's thinking of Samwell Tarly and oddly, Tyrion Lannister. And he wonders what Tyrion would make of Sam. And then he thinks of Tyrion's quote, most men would rather deny a hard truth than face it. And that's when John uh, decides that, you know, it takes a it takes a queer kind of courage to or bravery 
to be admitting to the fact that you're a coward. Yeah, the world is full of cravens who pretend to be heroes, and it takes a queer sort of courage to admit cowardice, as Samuel Tarley had. It's and that's it's, I mean I really like the, that's a little bit of John's maturity, and I think Tyrion helped sort of shine the light on that a lot when he was at the wall, of like looking at a man for more of his motives and his reasoning. Why would Sam admit this? Because he is, and John's right. There is sort of a. a bravery in, in knowing that. Knowing even, that he's yeah. never going to lead a ranging north of the wall. He likes, and we learn it a little bit more, but Sam likes song and dance and, yeah, and that's, food. and I was actually having an argument uh, online recently. There was... Somebody was talking about... Because t- those always get somewhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, Randall Tarley and why it's hey, he's a product of his environment and that's why he hates Sam for not being masculine. And I started mentioning like you know, no, fuck Randall Tarley because, like, who's just because he, Sam likes to read and sing and stuff? Fucking Rhaegar was one of the most like looked up to yeah, potential kings of all time. He sang, he read, he liked poetry. I mean, look like, at uh, Ned Stark and Arya. Right, he doesn't like, you know shame her into being a woman? He, girl, he gets exactly. her a, a water dancing sword. Yeah, master. like fuck Let you, the Randall kids, Tarley. Yeah. Like, no, Randall Tarley's a dick. And that's not to say that. uh that Ned's fucking a perfect parent. Not by at all, any but, means, but there is yeah, like, acceptance of what your yes. children choose to do in this world. Sam is more than capable. He would he would have been a way better fucking heir to to Hornhill than Randall Tarley ever was. Exactly. Like, yeah. Sam would have that place fucking. It would be booming. I bet he'd have the commerce no, it's, going crazy. In this world, like, like it's the Randall Tarleys that are the issue. They're the right, ones that exactly. continue this cycle of. You know, women, the misogynistic yeah, fucking Yeah, women bullshit. shouldn't be in power, you know, and men need to be these strong, burly warriors. But, yeah, so it's nice that uh, John recognizes so early that, like, at least Sam knows what he's good at, mm-hmm. and he's accepted what he's bad at. So. so it's late afternoon by the time he's done scattering his gravel, and he's watching the sunset from the top of the wall, which I imagine is just a fucking sight to see, man. And then he descends down heading to dinner, and it says that the evening meal is almost finished by the time Ghost and John arrive to the the uh, eating hall. Yeah, he gives a breakdown of what's going on. Yeah, he sees his friends there. chilling on a bench, and Pip is telling another story that yet that night, and Pip usually has great stories that everyone laughs at. Which, again, he traveled with mummers, so it makes sense that he's pretty good but at storytelling. This and... night, John doesn't go and join them, and instead goes to the other end of the bench where Sam was sitting alone. And Sam's eyes widen as Ghost and him walk up, and he asks if it's a wolf. And John says... Bitch, it's a dial wolf. Get it straight, motherfucker. And his name is Ghost. And he basically just straight up asks Sam, why are you so frightened? And Sam shakes his head, too too scared to, you know, talk. And, and I think John guesses it right here that it's in this room, you know, there's a lot of people that could hear and laugh and yeah, mock. And it's... So John suggests they go outside, and Sam gets a little suspicious and says why. And John says, so we can talk. And you know, the what there's a wall out there. Have you seen it? And Sam says, I'm fat, I'm not blind, but so he throws his cloak on and they head outside. And they go out and they, they talk about the cold. And Sam yeah. admits that he's never seen snow until... And so the real cool thing is that John had these same feelings because he, he really mentions how he, was, he wasn't expecting it to be this cold. Yeah. And neither did John. And no. John's used to the cold. Yeah. So, like, for poor Sam Tarley, it's like going from fucking Florida to the very top of fucking Canada. Like, you've got this nice warm weather all the time. The coldest weather you get is still fairly decent. 
and all of a sudden there's fucking snow. He, yeah. That's a thing. That's real shit. I thought that was in Old Nan's stories. Horn Hill's Old Nan. She tells stories about Winterfell currently. <laughs> that's how behind the times they are with that shit. Horn Hill's an anagram for Old Nan. <laughs> they don't have the same amount of letters. They don't. That's an uneducated <laughs> post. Anyway, Sam, uh, yeah, he sort of rehashes this and how he had never seen snow until about a month ago. So it's all terrifying to him. And then he says that he's worried about going to the top of the wall. He doesn't much like high places. And this ends up being the last straw for John. And he asks, are you afraid of everything? Why would a coward want to join the Night's Watch? And Sam sits down, and he begins sobbing, and John is kind of just awkwardly staring at him. But it says it was Ghost who knew what to do. I fucking love this, especially because we, you know, as again, this is a full spoiler reread. Ghost is going to be with Samwell for a while now, you know, and so they're going to build a a friendship too. And so, like, I love that fucking Ghost runs up and just starts licking the tears off. And Sam cries out at first. And he he, he uh, freaks out, but it says in a heartbeat his sobs turn to laughter, and then Jon Snow begins laughing with him, and John starts telling him about how they found the wolves, and then soon enough he's talking of Winterfell, and he says that sometimes I dream about it, and he in these dreams he's walking down Yo. a long empty hall, and he's calling he and some and he's calling for everybody, but no one ever answers him, and it says he doesn't know who he's looking for. Most nights it's his father, some nights it's Rob or Arya or even Benjen. And the thought of Benjen makes him sad, and he thinks about how men were still sent out looking for him. And Sam asks if you ever, do you ever find anyone in your dreams? Did you have a point? So it's just about that. I don't know if the, this is further in the quote yet, so I was letting you finish where you were at. Um, He mentions the stables and the, and the um, stables being full. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh. Uh, yeah, I got one more thing there. Yeah, so yeah, he, Sam says, uh, "Yeah, do you ever find anyone in your dreams?" And John shakes his head and says that the castle is always empty, and he doesn't know why he's opening up to Sam about this. But goddamn, it feels good to tell somebody about this, even though there really isn't anything. And yeah, he mentions that the ravens are gone, and then that even yeah, the, the birds are gone. That who gets to the stables and it's just full of bones, and. Uh, for some reason, when that line came at me, the, the first thing that jumped into my mind, and granted it is most likely 100% completely unrelated, but it was uh, Vermeer Sixkins yeah. and Rattlebone, Rattleshirt yeah. there, because he's talking about the birds and the stables and piles of bones, and mm. just it just seemed kind of like this, almost like it could potentially be this foreshadowing for some of the other people he might be meeting yeah yeah but i don't have any evidence to i yeah i had there. Nothing. it just happened to pop into my head right then so i just wrote it down That's and john always and he says that 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 always scares him when he sees the stable full of bones and then he finds himself at the the entryway to the crypts and he says somehow i know i have to go down there but i don't want to i'm afraid of what's waiting for me and so he's he screams that he's not a stark and that this isn't his place but he knows that he has to go anyway, and he does. He starts down, and he feel he's feeling the walls until it gets darker and darker until he just wants to scream, and that's when he always wakes up. And that's a pretty terrifying fucking dream. Yeah, man, that's, that's creepy as shit, because, I mean, it says, again, that he's not scared 
about his w- w- his death. It, it's more the the kings of winter down there. Mm-hmm. Not you know, and so like he doesn't belong. Um, fuck man, that poor kid. Like especially <laughs> after being like ostracized by Catelyn Stark and like, it's it's just fucked, man. So John asks Sam, "Do you dream of Hornhill?" And Sam says, "No, I hated it there." And this is when we get the description that the Tarleys were an old house sworn to the Tyrells of Highgarden. Samwell was the oldest son of Randall Tarley, and whatever pride Randall had felt at Sam's birth vanished as soon as he grew up plump and soft and awkward. He liked music and kittens and books and dance, and he fainted at the sight of blood and wept at the sight of plays. Yeah. A dozen master-at-arms tried to turn Sam into a knight, and when that didn't work, it turned to abuse and starvation. Uh, Yeah, man, Randall's fucking a savage cunt. And through it all, Sam only grew fatter and more frightened. One time, two warlocks from Karth came, white skin and blue lips. They slaughtered a bull and made him bathe in hot blood, and it didn't make him brave like they promised. He got sick and puked, and his father had them scourged. Yeah, so it's very cool that we get to see the warlocks and the, what are they, is it the nightshade they drink? Yeah. Um, so early on, and in a John chapter, so not I a just Danny thought, chapter. Well, uh, the speaking of Danny, I just thought, of course it didn't work. Like, the dragons weren't born yet. There's no, There's magic, no magic in the right. world. Yeah, yeah I suppose like, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. I, like, I don't know why, but as soon as like the warlocks are But the white walkers are, or the others are... On a different set of magic, let's be honest here. So uh, he says that finally, after three girls in three years, Lady Tarly gave birth to another son. And Sam was fucking forgotten. Yeah, but it it was peaceful, and Sam enjoyed it until his 15th, you were right, name day, where he awakened to his horse was saddled and ready, and he was escorted to his father, who was skinning a deer. Yo, so uh, I never made the connection to this is how they got the introduction in the television show for Tywin's mm-hmm. part with Jamie. Um and God, that's cool though that it's actually Randall Tarley yeah. and Sam and that's because that you know, in the in the show, uh Tywin is skinning the deer when Jamie we Jamie first we, yeah. it's the first time we meet Tywin, I think. Yes. And it's with Jamie. But with Samwell He's he's disgusted by the death and the yeah. gruesome stuff of hunting and the skinning of the like that's unbelievably unsettling for him and so it just paints this way darker picture of Randall Tarley than and granted that was a very powerful scene in the show with Tywin doing the skinning yeah. and stuff but like fucking Martin did it so much better with Randall Tarley because yeah, it's like agreed. it's just a much more savage way because Sam's that soft plump gentle kid being escorted in the middle of the fucking morning out to the woods where this man is skinning an animal in front of him mm. threatening him saying you can you can either join the night's watch or you can get fucking killed cuz you're going on a hunt with us and I will kill you yeah i will myself your father fucking kill you i'll tell your mother you were thrown from your saddle to die she is a kind woman and i have no wish to cause her pain but nothing would please me more than to hunt you down like the pig that you are. The choice is yours. The Night's Watch, or he holds up the, the deer heart, or this. And he's saying that to his son. Yeah, man. And John notes that, oddly, Sam doesn't cry at all during the telling of this story. I think 
that's a sign of how much Sam has hardened toward his father. I think that's some steely resolve that's going to really point to the arc that he's expected to to be going through for throughout the series. That he's got this, you know, I dealt with this savagery from my father for years mm-hmm. and years and years. It's the one thing that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, everyone's and, got their shit, man. Like, Sam is hardened in a different way due to the abuse he had at his father's hands. So John suggests heading in for some hot cider and some singing and... Sam's face is troubled again, and he asks, he's going to make me fight again tomorrow, isn't he? And John says, yeah, he is. And so Sam says, no, nah, I better get some sleep then, and he heads off. Yeah, so John good en- decision. Yeah, John enters the common room alone, but uh, Ghost is uh, but for Ghost, and the brothers in there are discussing Sam, making fun of him, but John ends up snapping at them, telling them that this is how it's going to be from now on. Ain't no one going to be fucking with Sam. And it says it goes. It's sort of like a quick montage. Yeah, it's kind of he like persuaded I... some, conjoled others, shamed others, and made threats when threats were required. Yeah, I just feel like it's got that little '80s music montage of him like grouping around yeah. the group of them and like talking to some, and then like pointing his finger all angrily at other ones. But Rast refuses. Oh yeah, by the end, all agreed except Rast. So. When the castle slept Yo, hours this is later. Fucking, this is like some military boys camp, like, or mili- like the boys Blanket school. parties, I think like, is what yeah, they were called, like, where they just jump yeah. someone. Gren, so, Pip, and John visit Rast, holding him down as Ghost stands on his chest and nips lightly at his throat enough to draw blood. And John says, we know where you sleep. Yo, like, damn and guy. then we get the jump, and it says from that day forward, no one would hurt Samuel Tarley. They would swat his attacks away or give him lighthearted taps on the shoulder when instructed to attack. And Sal- Sir Alistair would rage at like all of they, them. They, but... they would sit there and defend his blows so that he was training as well and swinging. Yeah. And, you know, if he forced them to hit, they would go in and tap him. And if they if he wanted them to hit harder, they just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Just fuck you, dude. And no. then a few nights later, he actually joined them at dinner, taking a place beside Halder. I really like this progression of time here. Yeah. Showing the... the the, the growth and just the, the bond that develops between these guys. Yeah, and at first, you know, he wouldn't really talk, but in time he was laughing with and joking and jesting with Pip with the best of them. And it says that Sam was no fool, and eventually he approaches John and says, I don't know what you did, but I know you did it. And Sam says, I've never had a friend before. And John says, we're not friends. We're brothers of the Knights of Love. We're brothers. I, and uh, this is one of those, you know, those cliche fucking just it's like a chick flick fucking yeah. line just, we're not friends and like Sam t- is all taken aback we're brothers <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you fuck so John thinks that he still loves Rob and Bran and Rickon but he isn't one of them he was never one of them thanks to Catelyn Stark thanks to his name but Castle Black is his life now and his brothers were Sam and Pip and Gren and the other cast outs in Black and, and yeah, once again, he brings up Uncle Ben and he mentions, you know, you might be off enjoying your visit with Peter Parker, but I am here realizing that your advice and your words to me were true and I'll never get the chance to you're tell the worst, you. You're the worst person ever. <laughs> My uncle spoke truly, he said to Ghost. Uh, and then he just wonders if he's ever going to see his Uncle Benjin again. That, that's to what tell I him. said, yo. He's not Uncle Ben. Yo, you will see Uncle Ben in that book at some point. And that'd be it. That was the end of John 4. Awesome chapter. Yeah, really I really enjoyed that. Sam's introduction is good. Yeah. Uh, You really see how soft and vulnerable he is, but he does have a sort of courage, an odd sort of courage. 
Got an inductee? Yeah, this time I do, actually. Uh, don't look at me like that, like you're surprised. I always come prepared to this. Um, Go, yeah? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was giving mine to Pip. Yeah? Because he's the... You know, it's expected of John. He's the bastard, Lord Bastard, Lord Snow, who always steps up and protects, you know, the he speaks, the peasants fucking cower. Pip's the first one to step up and back up his friend. Regard, Like, you know he wants to talk shit about fucking Sam. He's the biggest shit talker at the wall besides Thorn himself. Mm. And so, like, he's he's it's a field day for him with Sam. But he's like, no, like, my friend's defending him, that kid is getting his ass beat for no reason. I'm going to fight too. Gren's too dumb to step forward himself, so he followed behind. But, like, good for Pip, man, for, <laughs> for being a badass and stepping forward. So he's my he's, – he can join the brotherhood. Pip, yeah. Mine is going to Halder just because I like that he's focused on improving himself and he really wants to best John in the yard. And then he really only is attacking Sam because he's commanded to. He's not getting any pleasure out of it like Rast does. And he's with them at dinner, and he's laughing and joking. And then when Sam joins him, you know, he's sitting next to Halder. And I think that's telling that, you know, Halder isn't immediately like, get the fuck out of here. So yeah. Halder, he's, he seems like he's good with a sword, and he could be getting better. And so we need all the swords we can get. You're the brotherhood. So Halder gets my inductee. But you guys should write us in and let us know your inductees for John 4. And whoever, uh, what is it, Ned 6 next Ned chapter? Ned 6 be will be next. We also have Sansa 2 and Cat 5 coming up. Woohoo! So get us your your inductees to the Brotherhood for those chapters. Yeah. If you uh, have any talking points about this chapter that you want us to rehash or you disagree, agree with, let us know. You can hit us up on Twitter at Manners Without. Nate is pretty active on there. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We got the Instagram at Brotherhood Without. You can find us on iTunes. We would love a rate and review on yeah, iTunes. We also um, we're on Patreon without manners. Patreon.com slash without manners. And we Gmail? Sh- Gmail without manners brotherhood at gmail.com. Hey. Those are all the socials. So yeah, write to us. Let us know what you're thinking. If you got any theories, thoughts inductees whatever you know we're there we check the emails true that so we hope to hear from you guys soon and we will catch you on the next book chapter which will be Ned six hasta lasagna volo to hair i don't know what i'm fucking saying right now man i guess we're not leaving so guess you're hanging out with the brotherhood a little longer peace fellow to harris